Hey, what's up? My name is Stephen, and I lead Avenue Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, along with my wife and an incredible team. We really have a desire to see people experience God's unconditional love, find their true identity in Christ, and live out their purpose. And we would love to connect with you. You can find us on all social media platforms simply by searching Our Avenue Church. You can also check us out online by going to OurAvenueChurch.com. We really pray that something in this message inspires and equips you to experience the way of life you were created to live in Christ. Enjoy. Let's go to the book of Ecclesiastes. It's a great book. Um, that, that tells us everything is meaningless. So if you go to Ecclesiastes chapter one, uh, we're gonna start in verse two. Um, and it really says this, Ecclesiastes chapter one, verse two. We're gonna read um, nine passages. It says, everything is meaningless, says the teacher, completely and utterly meaningless. Happy New Year, guys. It's all meaningless. But it says, what do people get for all their hard work under the sun? Generations come and generations go, but the earth never changes. The sun rises and then it sets. Then it hurries around to rise again. The wind blows south and then turns north. Around and around it goes, just blowing in circles. Rivers run into the sea, but the sea is never full. Then the water returns again to the rivers and flows out again into the sea. And basically what Solomon is realizing is is that every day is pretty much the same. And even if you look at our lives, there's some variability, but most of us who have routines and schedules, you wake up, get the kids ready for school, you go to work, come home, eat dinner, wash some clothes, never fold them, but we make sure they're washed, right? And it's just like routine after routine. And and Solomon, who is the wisest man to ever have lived, says, look, everything, every day is pretty much the same. Nothing drastically changes, or at least it doesn't seem like it in the moment, right? But over the course of days, weeks, months, and decades, that's where we see the change. And then he says this in verse eight. Again, so encouraging. Everything is wearisome beyond description. It's just horrible. No matter how much we see, we are never satisfied. No matter how much we hear, we are not content. And it can be easy to look at culture and with news and social media feeds and all these things. It's just just how um, crazy our culture is getting and how busy everything is. And it's easy to look at where we are and think that it's never been this way before. And you gotta look that, that Solomon wrote this in three to 400 BC, so like centuries ago. And he's saying, look, everything is wearisome beyond description. No matter how much we see, we're never satisfied. The weariness we experience in today and, and the inability to be satisfied and the discontent, it's, it's always been here, it's here now, and guess what? To some degree, it will always be there because that is just our, our, our sinful nature, that's just our flesh, always feeling exhausted, never content. And so then he goes on, goes on to say this in verse nine. He says, history merely repeats itself. It has all been done before. Nothing under the sun is truly new. Sometimes people say, hey, look, here's something new. But actually, guess what? It's old. Nothing is ever truly new. We don't remember what happened in the past and future generations 
no one will remember what we are doing now. Everyone take a deep breath. Okay, It's not really the best maybe selection of scriptures to start the new year, but there's a reason why I'm pointing this and, and, and thinking about that like what has been done will be done again. That there is absolutely nothing new under the sun. It's just something old that's been tweaked just a little bit. And it's funny, I saw, I saw a meme on um, Instagram a couple of days ago. And there's this, if you're a basketball fan, you know there's a big debate on, on who the GOAT is. And for the longest time, I didn't know what GOAT stood for. I was like, that doesn't make sense, but it's the greatest of all times, right? And so there was this debate, is it LeBron? Is it Michael? Is it Shaq? Is it Kobe? Who is it? And there was a picture of this girl at a Brooklyn um, Nets game, and she's holding a sign, and she says, KD is the GOAT, no caps. All right, if you know what that means, like, like no lie. And says, sorry, MJ, I'm only 12, right? And so for her in her generation, like KD and LeBron, but those of us who grew up in the 90s era, we know MJ will always be the GOAT, right? And so it's, it's just like that. Even if you look at music, back in the day, the first boy band was the Beatles, and then for those of us, like that's, that's who the boomers had. And then Gen X, we had new kids on the block, right? And then millennials had NSYNC. And then Gen Z had One Direction, all right? And it's just going to start over again. It's like One Direction, who's that? I know, I know. But there's nothing new under the sun. And so this can be a little, a little depressing if, if we think about it, because how many of us remember the big plans that we made and the goals we set five years ago for New Year's? Anyone? Probably not. Anybody remember last year's? No. (laughs) Last week's? Probably not. Okay. But here's the thing. It can be a little depressing in one sense when we think about like nothing changes, but at the same time, it can be so freeing in another. It can be so freeing in realizing that, look, what has been will, will be again. I can set a goal. I can set, and I may not, but I'll have another opportunity because sometimes we often put unnecessary pressure on ourselves in the wrong areas to be remembered or maybe that's just me, that, that I'm in this tension of wanting to live a simple, quiet life, just put my head down, raise my kids, and do a good job as a husband. But then there's also another part of me, like, I want to make the biggest impact that I can so that when I leave, I will always be remembered. But then generations from now, no one's going to remember Stephen Lloyd Moore, right? But we have an opportunity to impact the people that are closest to us right now. And so as we look going into 2023 and, and, you know, Solomon kind of summarizes the whole lesson in Ecclesiastes. Um, Basically, he summarizes and, and what he did, like he spent his life gaining all this wealth and then he spent his life chasing and gaining all this wisdom and then he spent another part of his life chasing all this folly to see what would bring the most fulfillment. And at the end of it, he said, look, this is the greatest thing that you can do on this earth is to love God and fear him and enjoy the life that God has given you. And to think about that, like, like God's given us this life. And sometimes we wish like God would have given us receipts so we could trade it out, right? But we have been blessed with this life to enjoy it. And in the process of it, we love him, we fear him in a good way to honor him, respect him, obey him, and then to enjoy this life. But every year, in all honesty, like we, we look at New Year's as a fresh start. 
to be able to do some things differently. Anybody? And, and I know like, like resolutions, most people fail at the resolutions within like the first six weeks, right? And so I'm not here to encourage you to set New Year's goals or resolutions, but I know there's probably some things in your life that, that you would like to shift just a little bit, that there are some things that you would like to see change. And you can't do it by your strength alone, you can, because if you do it within just your own strength and your own willpower, guess what's going to happen to you? You're going to, what's, are, are you guys like scared about that? Like, like you're going to fail. All right, let's, let's, let's say it loud because like, like it's okay. You're going to, if you're trying to do it within your own strength, you're probably going to fail. But through the power of God's spirit and his strength and his word, we can make tiny little shifts in our, in, in our life. And, and so Solomon says there's nothing new under the sun. Um, so here's kind of my thought is that with old news, there can be a new you. With old news, there can be a new you. And I'm kind of in this place of just like wrestling as because I've been preaching now almost every weekend for two years. Hard to believe, guys, in like two weeks, Avenue Church will turn to, we'll be a toddler. We're going to start breaking stuff. Uh, that's what we're going to do. All right, we're going to start breaking stuff. And so, but, but I'm, I'm really thinking, like, I've only been preaching two years, and I look at guys that have been preaching, like my pastor, um, he's been in ministry as long as I've been alive. Like, there's nothing that man hasn't preached. And in all honesty, like, we need a little less revelation and we need more motivation to be obedient. And so there's really like no new revelation that those of us that have been walking with Christ for a while that we need. We just need greater motivation to be obedient to what he's already told us. And so even looking at, at, at my teaching calendar for the next year, I'm making some shifts because I have this burden. Like I, I don't want to just give you new wisdom just for you to lock back in the back of your mind. But I want us as a church to really dig into some of the simpler basic things um, within our faith because that's where the growth comes when we put into practice what we already know, right? And so three things, four things really that I wanna give us today just to kind of help us maybe make some small shifts as we're, as we're going forward that we can love and fear God and enjoy the life that he's given us. So with old news Hopefully, there can be a new you through time. The first thing is this, is, is evaluate. Going into new year, let's, let's evaluate our priorities. Let's, let's look at, at what we say that we value. Let's look at what we say are our priorities, and, and let's evaluate them. Like, are they really, really our priorities? Because we have to start there. We don't just set a New Year's goal or a New Year's resolution because if that goal or resolution doesn't line up with what our priorities are, guess what? We're never going to reach the finish line of that goal or resolution. And so Philippians, like Philippians 1.21 says, I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ, whether I live or die. For me, living means living for Christ, and dying is even better. And those of you may know this passage memorized, to live is Christ, to die is gain. Like those of us who are followers of Jesus, that's our top priority, right? Jesus over everything, like the worship team didn't really have my sermon notes. They kind of knew what I was talking about, but Jesus over everything. 
that needs to be our top, top priority for those of us who are, are following Jesus. And Paul says, he's like, for me to live as Christ, to, to die is gain. He says, to die is even better. Dying is even better. But then he says this, he says, it's for your sake that I hope that I live. And he's, he's talking to the church of Philippi. He's like, look, I wanna live so that I can help you live for Christ. But really, like for me, man, to die is gonna be much better because I get to be with the one that I'm trying to get you to live for. And so for those of us who are following Christ, our top priority needs to be following Christ. If you're following Jesus, then we should see it. And then all these other priorities fall in line. For those of us, you know, we're, we're married with kids. Family should be in there in the top. You know, maybe you're, you're not married, so you've got a career. You're in education. Maybe you want to serve in the community. Like, what, what are your other priorities that fall under? Maybe it's physical fitness. Maybe it's, it's getting healthy. Maybe, like, what are those other priorities? And, you know, sometimes you can say, put, put Christ at the top and everything else falls under but let's flip it because we sang about it, right? A firm foundation. Let's put Christ not on the bottom, but on the foundation and build everything else on top of that. Not, not put him as like a nail on the top of the wall that we can just hang stuff on. No, we're going to put him at the bottom as our foundation, as our primary priority. Um, Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8 um, says that for everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven. Understand this about your priorities because, because we have a multi-generational church. We're moving towards that. Um, different seasons have different priorities. Different seasons have different priorities. You know, I would love to like spend a lot more time um, chipping away at my dad bod to get to the beach bod. But I have three girls. I'm pastoring a church, and I don't have time to spend hours in the gym. That's not that. That would have been a priority single at 21, 22, but it really wasn't then because I already had the woman I was going to marry. Like, what else matters, right? <laughs> I didn't need to impress anybody else, right? And so, but but different seasons have different priorities. Whether you're single, whether you're married, married with kids, whether you're empty nesters, grandparents, where you're at in your career, and so. Do not base your priorities where you're at in your season of life because you see someone else having a priority that's in a different season of life. Does that make sense? Because it doesn't fit. Different seasons have different priorities and be okay, embrace the season that you're in and embrace the priorities that are available to you. And I love verse 11 says this. It's not on the screen, but verse 11 of Ecclesiastes 3 it says, God makes everything beautiful in its own time. Man, I wish I realized, like, like, I wish I would have realized that, you know, and I forget who it was that said, I wish somebody would have told me these were the good old days. It's like, every, God makes everything beautiful in its own time. So embrace the season that you're in and embrace the priorities that God has in front of you. Um, and then the question I would ask you is, does your life match your list? Does your life match your list? You know, you've got a list of priorities, a list of values, but <clears throat> is that played out in your life? Do you see that? Does it, does it match your calendar? Does it match your schedule? Does it match your words? Does your life match your list? Um, you want to have a strong relationship with God, but do you have a regular time with God? 
You want priority to be a fam- to family to be a priority, but do you make time for them? Relationships outside of your family, building a business, are you putting in the work? And so, the, like before we go to set a goal or a resolution, guys, we just got to evaluate our priorities. And the new year, honestly, is a good time to do that. But you know when you can do that? Anytime, okay? It's not <laughs> anytime, you know? You can do it again, like January 1st, you get it all together and it's not quite right. Guess what? You can start February 1st. You can start March 1st. You can start on month. You can start tomorrow. You can, any day. You don't have to wait to New Year's to evaluate your priorities. Once we've done that, then the next thing that we do is, is we wanna clarify our pursuits. Clarify our pursuits. And, and I didn't use the word goals, I didn't use the word goals on purpose because a goal to me or a a pursuit is greater than a goal. A pursuit is greater than a goal because once you reach a goal and it has a finish line, guess what happens? What do you do? Like, Like when I ran the half marathon last year, when I got to the finish line and I reached my goal, guess what I did? I, I, I slowed down and I stopped and then I went over to the corner because I really thought I was going to throw up for a minute. I was like, don't throw up in public because I'm loud when that happens. I don't want to embarrass myself. And so I just, like, you, you, you reach the finish line on a goal and you stop. You slow down. But if you clarify a pursuit, then you never actually ever reach it. Does that make sense? Because Paul even says this. Paul says this in Philippians 3.2 or 3.12. He says, he says, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things because he's talking about these things that, that he's pursuing. He says, I'm not saying that I've achieved them or that I've already reached perfection, but I press on. Say press on. Guess what he's saying? He's saying, I'm pursuing, I'm pressing on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. It says, no, dear brothers and sisters, I've not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. And he says, look, I'm pursuing perfection, but it's not out of his own striving. It's not out of his own strength. He's pursuing perfection as he's pursuing who? Christ. And, and honestly, um, I would even say that in some sense, when you read the epistles and you read Paul's writings, he's not just pursuing Christ. He's pursuing suffering. He's pursuing suffering. He's always putting himself in a position and a place where suffering is an option. And, and if he has the option to choose suffering or choose not suffering, you know what I see Paul choosing most? Suffering. Because he knows that in his suffering, he's going to experience the same that Christ experienced, right? And so when we look at, at, at pursuing, we, 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 we build our pursuits in line with our priorities because we cannot pursue something that we don't prioritize or have value. Um, and as we're pursuing, here's, here's what I would encourage us to do. Uh, pursue becoming someone over accomplishing something, Pursue becoming someone over accomplishing something because the, like our identity is the greatest asset that we have. Who we are and who God's creating in us is the greatest asset that we have. Here at Avenue Church, we have three things that we focus on that we want people to do. We want people to experience the unconditional love of God. We want them to find their identity in Christ. 
not in their job, not in a church, not in a relationship, not in, in you know, their, their wealth or their car or any of these superficial things. We want them to find their identity in Christ because your identity is the most important and most sacred um, value asset that you have. Becoming someone is an identity that we want to form form. Um, four minutes. And actually, science and psychology, looking at this, I started reading a book a couple of weeks ago called Atomic Habits. If you read no other book beside the Bible, I want to encourage you to read Atomic Habits. It's on YouTube. You can listen to it. Um, it's, it's great. And one of the things that science and, and sociology and psychology have found is that when we pursue things that change our identity to someone we would like to become as opposed to just pursuing a goal and a finish line that we're more, um, more liable to stay with that pursuit. Does that make sense? That when we are, are looking at, at crafting an identity in us of who we want to become in line with God's word, we are more likely to stick with that than if we're just gonna lose 10 pounds or if we're just gonna run a half marathon. Guys, I've ran three miles since that half marathon because I crossed the finish line, <laughs> right? Like I, I, I did it, but in my mind, it's like, I'm gonna keep running, I'm gonna keep running. But what I'd said in my mind was I'm gonna run a half marathon. Now, last year, my pursuit was different. Last year, I was like, man, I'm gonna be 44 on my birthday. I need to get healthy. And so I started eating healthy. I started working out a little bit, not, but with a mindset of just getting healthy. And that continued for months until I started training to cross a finish line. And once my focus went from me to the finish line, my motivation stopped. And so now I'm like, I, I just want to be a healthy person. So when you're looking at your pursuits, Paul even says this. All right, let's look at verse uh, Philippians 1.6. He says, he says this. He says, I'm certain that God who began a good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ returns. Christ is continually, God's continually working on us. He's never finished. If you think you've made it, you are deceived. If you think that, that, that you've learned all and experienced all that God has for you, you are deceived. He is always working in us. And then he goes on in verse 11. He says, may you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation. Well, what's the fruit of your salvation? He says, may you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation. The fruit of our salvation for those of us who are in relationship with Christ is the righteous what? Is it on the screen? Is it on the screen? The righteous what? You guys, you, you were slipping. I know you were writing notes. You, right, you were writing notes. The fruit of our salvation is our righteous character. It's our righteous character produced in our life by Jesus Christ, for this will bring much glory. The fruit of our salvation is the righteous character. It's our, it's our character. It's who we are. It's not our purpose. We're in, you know, it used to be the prosperity gospel, and over the last decade or so, we're on the purpose gospel, where it's not about our finances, but it's all about what God's purpose is. No, it's about God's work in our lives to make us more like him, our purpose flows out of that. But the fruit of our salvation is the character, not our good deeds, not our good behavior, but it's who we are becoming um, as a result of relationship with him. So let me ask you this question. So the question earlier was, does your life match your list? The question for this is, is who are you becoming? 
Who are you, who are you becoming? Your priorities and your pursuits, okay? Who are you becoming? Your priorities, what you prioritize and what you pursue are either taking you closer to the person that God's called you to be or further away from that person. Like literally every decision, every thought is either a step in the direction to or a direction away. And so maybe the question we ask is, is what would a godly person do? In this moment, what would a godly person do? In this moment, what would a godly husband do? In this moment, what would a healthy person do? <laughs> right? In this moment, what would fill in the blank? And depending on how you answer that question for your priorities and your pursuits is going to either take you one step closer to the person that God's called you to be or a step away from the person that God's called you to be. And the, and the second to the last thing, the third thing is this, is create a plan. You can have priorities, you can have pursuits, you can have all these things that you want to do, but if you don't have a plan, if you don't plan, if, if you fail to plan, you what? Plan to fail. read a story as I was prepping for this message, and there's a story about three frogs on a log. Three frogs are sitting on a log. One decides to jump in the water. How many frogs are left? You guys are uncertain. <laughs> it's like, is this a trick question? Absolutely, all right? You wanna say two frogs left, right? Immediately you think, oh, there's two frogs left. No, there's still three frogs because one only decided to jump in the water. There's a difference between decided, deciding, and doing. I've made a lot of decisions that I actually didn't do, right? I've made a lot of, there's a difference between deciding. We can't just decide to do something. We actually have to follow through and do, do what we're saying that we're gonna do. Luke 14 um, verses 28 through 30. Um, and it's a familiar passage. It says, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? Won't you sit down and plan? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. Um, and Jesus, as he's saying this, it's actually not just about any pursuit. It's about if you're gonna be my disciple, if you're gonna be my disciple, you gotta understand that there's some costs to this. And if you're not willing to plan for these costs and to you know, work out these costs, it's gonna look foolish. But it's that way in anything in our life. We can have these priorities, we can have these pursuits, but guys, if we don't have a plan and follow through with that plan, we're, we're not gonna be successful. In anything from following Jesus to being a good husband, being a good wife, to, you know, starting a new career, to planning a church. And however, like sometimes plans have to change. I'm finding out in life that sometimes the most constant thing in life is what? It's, it's change. And this quote, I had, had this quote from the book, Atomic Habits. It's just it's such a good book. I want to encourage you. The Bible and then Atomic Habits, okay? <laughs> the Bible and then Atomic Habits. He says this. He says, you do not rise to the level of your goals. You do not rise to the level of your goals, but you fall to the level of your systems. You do not rise to the level of your goals, but you fall to the level of your systems. And so we think, I'm gonna accomplish this purpose, I'm gonna accomplish this goal, but if we don't have the systems in place to accomplish that, then that's never gonna happen. And we think, well, I set the wrong goal. No, you just didn't have the right system in place to reach that pursuit, to become that person. And so the path that you take on these pursuits, that's, that's the system you will not rise to the level of your goals. 
you will fall to the level of your systems. And so our system is this. This is what we do. We organize our environment, our relationships, our schedules, and our finances around our priorities and our pursuits. I know that's a lot. I'll give you a minute to write that down. We, we, we organize our environment, our relationships, our schedules, and our finances around our priorities and our pursuits. And that's basically our whole life. Um, but, but you want to think about your environment. Like, what are you pursuing? Do you, like, I promise, like, there's probably someone in this room that it has been their pursuit to follow the 365-day reading Bible plan to read the Bible in a year. And you get till about February 3rd. <laughs> For some of you, like, somebody made it to February 3rd? Yeah, you know. But, but you get to around February or March, and, man, life just happens, right? And so how do we set our environment? Well, we put... Maybe we buy a Bible. I know the U version has it, but if I get on my phone to read my Bible, guess what I'm jumping to after five minutes? Instagram, the news, checking my email, sending a text message. And so you can buy a 365-day paper Bible. I know that's crazy, right? It's almost like it's antique or retro. I don't know which, which right? But, but you can order one, and every, every day put it somewhere where it's one of the first things that you see. Like, I, I want to know God's word more. You know how you know God's word more? By reading it. You know how you read it more? By setting up your environment. And, and so that it's the first thing that you see. And you know, for me, when I was running, I, I put my shoes and my clothes out. Every day I'm setting my environment. I'm setting, maybe you wanna eat healthier, start with breakfast and you put as much as you can out the night before so that it's all right there. Because I know for me, like, like if, if I have to, take time quickly to make something, I'm going for a granola bar or a Snickers, right? Whichever's on top, preferably the Snickers, okay? Uh, but, but we set our environment, and then, and then even on top of that, we set our relationships. Our relationships are so important, right? My grandmother used to say, you run around with dogs, you're gonna get fleas, right? And I, like the scripture says, he who walks with the wise, granny's wisdom is great, right? Um, scripture says that he who walks with the wise becomes wise. And so if you want to become the people that you want to become like, that's who you hang around. And like, it was even crazy in research. Like there's this thing called nerd fit. Has anybody ever heard of it? I don't want to offend anybody. Okay, so there's, there's this whole niche of a community, a whole platform that is built around people who love video games and Star Wars and Star Trek. Like, like they call themselves nerds. I'm not saying that, okay? It's called nerds. And so, but they want to get healthy. So they get around other people who have the same pursuits and the same priorities because community changes things. Because we're around people who have the same pursuits and the same priorities, and they're working to become the same type of person that we're working to become. That's why it's so important. At the end of this month, we're going to have our small group signups that we believe here at Avenue Church, you grow stronger, we grow stronger in community. You get around people and you can share life together, do life together, read scripture together, play basketball together, whatever it is. You're around people. That, that, that are becoming the type of people that you want to become. And if you would like to host a small group, man, let us know. Um, we're not asking you to fill your schedule with anything else. 
We're asking you to take something that you're already doing and enjoying and just invite people along with you. And really, that's how Jesus recruited, right? He just said, hey, I'm coming to do this. Do you want to come with me? He's like, look, oh, you love to fish? Come on. We're going to fish for like greater things than fish. And so like we have to build our community and our relationships that line up with our priorities and our pursuits. And then when you're looking at your, at your schedule, are you blocking out time? Like I'm going to write on, on my mirror in the bathroom that says non-negotiable because I'm the type of person I'll negotiate with myself. Does anybody else negotiate with yourself? It's like, I'll do this first thing in the morning or later in the afternoon. And, and if I allow myself to negotiate with myself, I'm going to lose and win at the same time every time, right? And so we have to block out things that are important to us. We have to set our schedules for these, these pursuits. And then really, um, the last and, and the most important thing, like all these are great and these are things that we do, guys, but, but when it comes to those of us that are walking this faith journey, um, the, the most important thing that we have to do is just to place these things in God's hands, is just to trust God with it and just to place them in God's hands. Proverbs 3 five and six, um, place them in God's hands. Um, the writer here, Solomon, who also wrote Proverbs, he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and in all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. And if you're taking notes and you're writing down the scripture references, you probably noticed most all of these said NLT because I'm a New Living Translation kind of guy. But I love the way the New International Version said this, because the New Living Translation said, in all your ways, acknowledge him. But the NIV says, in all your ways, submit to him. That's just another heavier step than acknowledge, because we can acknowledge something. Like, I can acknowledge that the speed limit is 55, right? <laughs> I saw the sign. I acknowledge that the speed limit is 55, but submitting to the speed limit sign and acknowledging the speed limit sign are two totally different things. And I think that, that in order for us to really trust God is we just don't acknowledge God's word and God's power and God's spirit, but we submit and we surrender to it, right? It's like, God, these are my pursuits. These are my priorities, but I'm giving them to you. And if you say they need to be different, then, then they're gonna be different, right? And not only that, it says in Proverbs 19, 21, it says, many are the plans in a man's heart. Many are the plans in a man's heart, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. We can have all the plans we want and we can think that our plans are for one purpose. I've seen this happen. We can think our plans are for one purpose, but then we get to what we thought was gonna be the end game and God had something completely different in mind and it looked completely different. Guys, when we were planning Avenue Church, like we had a business plan and a game plan. And then pre-COVID, we we're like, no, we're gonna wait. We're gonna change plans. And we waited. And while we were waiting, COVID happened and made us wait longer. And we just kept changing plans. But God had a purpose. And I really believe like part of our purpose is like we were gonna be at a school, but God had us here at Avenue or here at the Walnut House to help the Walnut House stay open during COVID. Because during that time, only gatherings 15 of less could meet. You couldn't have an event unless it was 15 or less, unless you were a church. This confetti's falling in the back. There we go. Let's go. Let's go. Sorry. Squirrel. But, sorry. We can have a plan. 
But God's purpose is greater than our plan. We can have priorities, but God's purpose is greater than our priorities. We can have pursuits, but God's purpose is greater than our pursuits. And God's most important purpose in us, Paul said it earlier, is that the fruit of our salvation would be the righteous character produced in us. That's his ultimate purpose, that as we're walking in life in relationship with him, that we become more like him. And so above all your priorities and all your pursuits this new year, let that be your top one, that you would pursue him so that you can be more and more like him and that his will can be made manifest in your life. So can we pray together? Um, Maybe you're here today, let me just, before I pray, maybe you're here today and you need to start with just trusting God with your life. Not just acknowledging the work that he's done, not just acknowledging the sacrifice that's been made, but, but you need to like take that next step and just submit and surrender. And with every head bowed still, if, 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 if that's you, I just wanna pray for you. Just no one's looking around. This is between just me, you, and Jesus, just so that I know who to pray for in this house. And if that's you and you say, yeah, I need to trust God with my life. I need to start there. I don't know what, it, what it's all about, how to work it out but I just need to start with saying, yes, Jesus, I give you my life. And if that's you, would you just lift your hand just so that I can pray for you as we pray? Awesome. Awesome. Father, we just come to you this morning, this afternoon. God, you are just so good that you can be nothing but good. Everything you do for us is good. Even even when it doesn't feel good, it's for our good because you get the glory, God, that you set the sun in motion, you set the earth in motion. And even though it seems like one day is just more of the last and tomorrow will be more of the same, that there's a slow process um, that you're working in us, forming godly character that's the fruit of our salvation in us. God, those that lifted their hand that just need to surrender their life completely, completely to you, God, I pray that just simply saying, Jesus, I give you my life is just a step of surrender and not having all the words at this point and even knowing what to say, that, that that's the start of an incredible relationship. So God, that you would just take any sin or shame that brought them to this place today and you replace it. As they repent, replace it with joy and confidence and righteousness and holiness. Because your word says that all those who are in Christ are a new creation. All the old is gone and all things are made new. And God, for the rest of us, as we um, look to what this year has to offer, and in all reality, God, some of us, we look expectantly and we're excited. And maybe for some of us, we're not so excited. Um, we're a little hesitant and reserved. The God, we don't necessarily just set goals and pursuits, but we start with just prioritizing you that to live is Christ, to die is gain. That nothing else matters, that we pursue you above all else and um, everything else is built on top of that. God, that you would give us the courage and the boldness to reorganize and kind of restructure some of the priorities in our life maybe that have gotten off center. To help us make the hard decisions that we need to to get things back in order with you as the foundation and everything on top. God, give us passion for our pursuits. God, um, God, things that we enjoy, things that you've placed on the inside of us. God, there is giftings and callings in this room 
okay, that just kind of struck. If that's you and there's, there's a calling or a passion, a pursuit that's on the inside of you and you've been afraid to, to step out for that, I just sense just kind of a moment to pray for that. And if that's you, would you just lift your hand, every head bowed on close. I just sense a moment just to pray for that, that there's a, a passion and a, a calling and a gifting on the inside of you and you don't know quite how to pursue that or you're afraid to pursue that. Um, I just want to pray very specifically for that. So, Father, you just see these, these hearts. God, you see these hands. God, I pray that you would just embolden them in this moment, God, that you would just speak faith over them, God, that your anointing would just, from their head to their feet, over their heart, over their hands, God. Um, your word says that David led them with integrity, integrity of heart and skillfulness of hands. God, as they um, line their priorities to build the integrity, you will strengthen their hands, God. God, fan into flame the passion that's on the inside of them. God, that 2023 would be the year that they would pursue that unrelenting because they know it is from you, God. And God, we just thank you for that. God, we thank you for that. And God, we just give us the uh, discernment. God, give us the wisdom to craft a plan to follow that. But ultimately, God, we want to hold on to it loosely and trust you with it. Because it's all in your hands. And it's in Jesus' name we pray.